You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Yeah, great. So um, tell, us, tell us a bit about you and your role. Um, tell us about the, the person that is Jill Ray. First of all, the petrol thing. Madness. Anyway, we'll maybe talk about that in a minute. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Joe said my, told you my job title, which is as long as I could possibly make it, Ethos and Formation Director. Um, so my job in Oasis, and you'll know, Oasis is this wonderful, messy, crazy, diverse family uh, from around the world. But my job is here in the UK and it is about helping everybody who's part of Oasis um, think about the story that underpins who we are. Think about the values that we have that need to be the lens on everything that we do. And thirdly, it's about helping all of us think about the people that we are becoming. So I do that work across every bit of the organisation, so our schools and churches and housing and all of that kind of stuff so is that amazing yeah that's do you need lovely. more i mean i feel like we should say you know what do you do in your spare time jill what, who spare are you outside time. of work spare time <laughs> when you have spare time because people don't do you let you what? come to bath can i answer that yeah yeah <laughs> anyone into gardening one of you brilliant <laughs> so i live in a little block of flats in south london and during lockdown for my for my mental health, I took to gardening. I built pallet furniture, I built a patio. The people in my block, there's only eight flats, the people in my block, they like, I am them. Do you know, like, they love me now, so. She's so cool. You could, you could commissions, welcome. Yes. Pallet furniture. Pallet furniture. Amazing, multi-talented. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it'd be great to hear a bit about your, your journey of faith and maybe kind of what role faith plays in your life now. Yeah, um, so I grew up in a village in Hampshire. Anyone from Hampshire? Hampshire. Are you from Hampshire? Oh, so I grew up in a village outside Basingstoke. Not so attractive. Um, and uh, just went along with my, with my mum to the, the parish church. So I grew up in a village belonging to a parish church. And what I had two fantastic youth leaders, Rob and Daphne. It was a really little church. It wasn't fancy. There was nothing incredible going on, except it was really genuine. And there was this thing that Rob and Daphne did, um, which was basically say, this thing about being a follower of Jesus means that there's there's like a world out there that you need to know about and part of being a follower of Jesus is to make that world better which is quite a thing to learn when you're a teenager we did used to also play a lot of games like you know youth club when you're a kid and all the rest of it so I grew in this this environment where I was understanding that parish everyone was in you know because it was a village everyone was part of everything and secondly, that whatever it is I was learning through being part of that church was it needed to make sense in the world that I was a part of. 
Shall I get all spiritual for a minute? I mean, we're at church. We are so at church. Like aren't we? Sorry, that's kind of okay. So that's the point of church. Um, so there's this prayer that happens at the end of a, a Anglican communion service, which is normally done by the, the vicar, and it just says this: "Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory." And from a really young age, that just like oh, this, I need to live a particular way. Anyway, that, that, was, that had a lot of influence on me as a, when I was growing up. Fast forward a few years, I trained as a youth and community worker and a teacher, went to Lancaster University, then went to Derby um, to be a teacher in a failing school. Um, and during that time, my mum got cancer. So she got very... Uh, very, very unwell and um, sadly passed away when I was in my early 20s. And that had a massive impact on my faith as well. Not in a bad way, but in a good way. Two things. Firstly, it made me realize that every day counts. <laughs> and secondly, that faith is not an escape route. Faith isn't an escape route. Again, it's about reality. Um, and all the way through was this theme. While I was there, I... Um, I started setting up stuff with homeless, uh, around helping homeless people and street teams. And this was way back in the 90s when some of you weren't even born. Um, and then uh, bumped into Steve Chalk about 94. Um, and he asked if I would think about going to work for Oasis. And so kind of my relationship with Oasis began way back then. Um, but the, my faith journey, the, one of the questions you sent me was about Bible verses. Can I throw one in? Did I? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Bible, ver Bible verses or something. There's, there's a bit in Isaiah and it says this. Um, Isaiah 58 uh, talks about being a restorer of broken places. Um, a rebuilder of streets with dwellings. When I was in Derby, I just had this like sense that my job in life my part that I was going to play was to get involved in that kind of stuff and to teach other ha people how to do that kind of stuff. And that's just been it since, well, that must have been, yeah, 94, 95. So, and here we are today. <laughs> wow. That was a long answer. No, it wasn't. I, I like Jesus is concise. the answer. Yeah, it could have been longer. Squirrel, Jesus, you know, like that. Anyway, <laughs> So what are some of the ways that you're, like I know in terms of, you know, you sort of explained what, what maybe what role it plays in that, but what are some of the ways that your faith has changed over the years? Um, ho uh, hopefully, I hope it's matured. I, do you know, I'm really grateful that I grew up in the tradition that I grew up in because it didn't fill me with angst. <laughs> like I grew up in a church where in the congregation there was something of everything. And so that's just what I grew up in. And I, I think what's happened over time is that's just deepened. I think I've always, um, I always think it's really important to be curious. And I think, you know, my parents split up when I was young and my, with my mum passing away. 
um, that kind of just throws you into the reality of if this is real, then just walk it out. Walk it out. It's not a... You just have to see what it makes sense of in the life that you're living. And so I think all of those kind of things have just pushed me to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And perhaps my faith has become more steady as I've got older rather than seeking great highs and incredible experiences, which I think there were moments of when I was so much younger than I am now, if that makes sense. So depth, I would say depth is yeah. the biggest change. Yeah, great. Cool. So you know that we're, we're looking at this theme at the moment of what if. So we've, we've started the last couple of weeks thinking about, you know, what if our world could look different? And so I've, I've asked you to share with us your kind of top three. What are your kind of what ifs for the world? So Can go I for just it. say, when I was, yesterday I was thinking about this, and I, by the time I'd got to writing 11 what ifs, I was like, this is going to be terrible for people. Um, and then I realized you only needed three. Um, so my first what if is this. What if we actually did love others as we love ourselves? Like, genuinely, just think about that for, for a moment. What if we actually did love others as we love ourselves? There's two things in that that stick with me. The first is, some of us really struggle to love ourselves. <laughs> and so there's a piece of work in there which is about just falling into the safety of knowing that every single one of us is unbelievably precious and loved and fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the foundation. When you live with that as your foundation, you look upon everyone else <laughs> in the same way, which means <laughs> it has everything to do with the, with the petrol situation. It has everything to do with whether we fly tip. It has everything to do with the way that we carry out our roles. Because uh, the, the thing that's always kind of, I feel like sometimes we don't make this leap in our thinking with the stuff that Jesus taught. Everything that Jesus taught that seems like a really personal, micro-level ask actually has a, is massively macro. So imagine, imagine a world where every business owner, every, you know, imagine a world where the owners of Amazon, the owners of everything that there is, all politicians, every, every single one of us actually loved others as we love ourselves. Like, just imagine what different decisions would be made. Think about the refugee crisis. Think about whether we buy weapons or not. Think about, can you, like it's just everything that has this micro beginning has a macro huge impact. So that's my first my second, I, I might need to check what else I wrote down because I'm a bit fixated on loving others. Uh, the other one is, um, what if we understood we had responsibilities, not just rights? 
Oh, mm. a bit controversial. Because <laughs> um, I think we experience some of that every day, a demand for everything rather than what's my responsibility in this? What part have I got to play here? Um, can I look at my list? You can look at so your I list, Jill. I'm also noticing that your list is on orange paper, which I feel is on brand for the <laughs> Oasis. Is that like sort of Oasis like issue? Here's some. Here's <laughs> some I wrote down. There's more in my, my book. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do this one because I have literally got loads. Like, what if we actually believe that food banks were a smear on our national character? Like, genuinely. Like, can you imagine if we actually were embarrassed about the fact that we had to have food banks. Anyway, that, let's not get stuck on that. Um, what if we understood that to forgive is to let go? What if we understood that to forgive is to let go? How things would feel different. How less stressed people would be how lighter people would feel and how that would work out. I think if, if in our schools we were always teaching, not just Oasis schools, I mean we are trying to teach this in our schools, but what if in every school every teacher understood that to forgive is to let go and then you taught every child that to forgive is to let go and every adult got it. So when someone cuts you up in the car, you don't pursue them and rev your engine. But you're like, hey, maybe they've had a bad morning. And they know that they kind of messed up just now. Can you, can you, even as I'm talking about it, can you feel how much calmer it feels? <laughs> What if we just got that, that to forgive is to just let go? Yeah. So I've given Amazing. you four. No, I, yeah, I love them. I mean, I could keep going, but we shouldn't. <laughs> cool. People Thank have you. got lunch to get to. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe it'd be good. And I'm aware part of your role is that you get to travel all over I the country. I thought you were going to say part see. of your role is to do lunch. <laughs> I honestly thought, I was like, is it? Did you not get that email? No, I didn't. Yeah. I'm missing something. <laughs> Um, yeah, part of your role is to travel around the country, I guess, kind of looking at, you know, visiting lots of different Oasis hubs and, and schools. And so I wondered sort of what what gives you hope? What are some of the things that you see that is that is those signs of people doing those things? And, you know, what can you kind of share that will inspire us that you've seen from, from the Oasis family and, and beyond? Yeah. Um, so this week I had the, I, I was uh, asked to go and do some work with some of the leaders who ran all of our housing work. And uh, I actually uh, sat in on their team meeting before I did my bit. They just put me in the room, so I couldn't help but listen. Um, and just, uh, I, I, when I'm with that gang of people, I'm absolutely blown away by how full of compassion they are for people whom life has dealt the worst hand. And literally just saying, if we don't do it, who will? If we don't do it, who will? And like, like that 
that love and that care and that genuine wanting for justice for the people who are at the bottom of the pile. You know, they're telling me about, they're having a conversation and I'm listening in because I'm doing some other work, but they're having conversations about people for whom the safety net has had massive holes in and they've fallen through. And if we don't do it, who will? Like, where do the, and, and these guys are like, well, of course we'll do it. Everything they're talking about, we'll do this and this. You're like, this is incredible. They're just the, there, there is no point at which they say anyone is beyond our, our reach. No, po- no point. There is no point where anyone's outside of our care. That's a massive, if you just think about what that looks like, that's so inspiring. Um, I'm inspired by you guys. I'm inspired by every hub listening. The other day we had an um, um, online meeting with all the hub leaders Joe's part of. And I think, I don't know how long it took, but people just telling stories, weren't they, about their summers. And the sheer amount of joy that has been brought across the Oasis hubs this um, summer by people like you to families, to people who have who have experienced holidays this year because you guys have been there. Like, isn't, I just think that's just the most fantastic thing. And then I also get hope. I mean, I feel hope. It's hard at the moment, I'll be honest. Like, even driving today, I'm here. Not because I'm coming to see you. <laughs> that's so rude. I don't mean that. I mean... You know, you put the news on and you're like, oh man, this is just overwhelming. You know, our bodies are like um, radar. That we, we, we can get sensory overload from all this stuff and it, it's overwhelming. And so sometimes I just switch off, like I have to switch off. Um, but I get hope as well from seeing the light bringers everywhere. Um and the wise things that people do everywhere. So there was a thing came up on my Instagram feed. You'll think I'm being, this is a bit of a, you know, ooh, it's a bit off. Um, it was between Stormzy and Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know I was going there, did you? And, um, and they were just having a conversation where Stormzy just says, no, I've come off so- all socials. I've come off. I've cu- I've so he's just stepped away from all social media avenues. And and Billy Eilish goes, oh, I just wish I could. And, and he says, the, the thing is, when you're on there, it's full of hate. But in real life, what you see is love. And that, like, you know, like to me, that is just such a brilliant, wise hope-filled thing you acknowledge that there's so much good going on but sometimes we're just in the wrong place to see it or we're filling our minds with other things so when people like Stormzy (laughs) say stuff like that that gives me like a sense of oh great there are people thinking about this stuff there are people making really good choices about this stuff um and then I wrote down, I, did, I actually did write a load of other stuff as well, like, again, a bit of an off-the-wall one. Um, okay, I, I go all biblical on you again. So, you know, in um, Psalm 23, um, which is that really famous psalm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, 
um, there's a bit at the end that often doesn't make sense to people, which is, in the presence of my enemies, you lay a table in the presence of my enemy. And, and people are like, what the, what's that all about? What I get hope from is when people see what's wrong and what's broken, they do something that is like, there's the enemy and here's our table where you can see what a different way looks like. So you know Grenfell, uh, the Grenfell fire? What did the community do? What happened with the community? Fire, awful, injustice, completely dodgy system that created that problem. What did the, commun what did the community do in response? Anyone? Yeah? It's like the whole of the community came out tables of sharing and uh, you know food everything they were having a party in the face of the enemy they threw a party so in the face of the absolutely tragic and also just should not be happening thing that happened with uh, Sabina Nessa what happens a whole community comes out and says no no that fills me with hope if people didn't come out that would fill me with absolute horror. But people do come out because in the face of the enemy, in the face of the thing that's wrong, people come out. Mm. People stand. People say, no. You lay a table and you say, no, 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 no. That's bad. But we are going to stand. We're going to do this thing which is counter to that. So anything, it, even if we can't see hope, we should be bringing it. So whenever we see stuff, I think that's where we need to like go, what's the thing? What's the thing that lays the table in the presence of the enemy and goes, no, 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 you don't win, we win. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> you can have that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And then um, I know that one of the things that you've developed at Oasis is the nine habits. No so way, have I? Yeah, yeah. You, you know all about that. You're probably sick of talking about them. So that's what I'm going to ask you about now. So actually on your tables, there's um, some sheets of paper with like a coloured sort of wheel and, and those are what the nine habits are. So if you can't, um, you might want to sort of pass those around. And there's also some spare ones, I think, on the back over there. If I you've think, got kids, so make sure yeah. you take them home. <laughs> not the kids um, the, yeah, like the yes please do take <laughs> your children home um yeah so there's others on other tables so if you can't find one do jump up and just grab one off the tables because there's spares on every on every table um so yeah maybe while people are doing that jill give us a bit of background firstly just briefly what are the nine habits and how how have they been designed as a, as a way to help people live differently yeah so uh I said that my job had two parts, there were three parts, but one chunk was about the ethos, the organisation. And we have particular ethos values in Oasis, which are about inclusion, equality, great relationships, hope and perseverance. They're a big ask of all of us. Um, it's really hard to be those things, isn't it? Like, sometimes you are like, I wish that person wasn't here. <laughs> You know, like you do just in your humanness. You, of course, you feel like that about things, um, which just highlights something. Yeah, and it's simply this. We are all on the journey of needing to be transformed. In order to be that kind of best version of who we can be, i.e., like 
the kind of people in, in our fullness who God wants us to be, there's a journey we have to go on. We have to, we have to work on some stuff. Um, and so uh, for both us as an organization, but in real life, uh, we talk about the nine habits as a way of life, a way of being able to live in a, in a, in a way that brings equality, that brings inclusion, that brings great relationships. Just think about the community that you live in, the, the street you live in. Like in order to bring inclusion, equality, great relationships, hope, and perseverance, we have to be people that inhabit a particular way of life. And so the nine habits are the way of making that happen. Um, some of you will know this. Aristotle had nine virtues. And so if you uh, look in Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. These are just based around the fruit of the Spirit. Aristotle's virtues were much more... Um, uh, self-centered they were things about being magnanimous uh, well think about greek art like it's like the majestic the powerful the mighty the you know the statues it's all like rah. um and then uh, paul wrote in contrast um aristotle's one of aristotle's uh, most famous students was alexander the great anyone that's studied history will know not the greatest reputation for kindness um and so there's a, there's a connection between what Paul's talking about, where he says that there's this way of, like this fruit of the Spirit, there's this way of living that is in such contrast to that. Now, just for a moment, think about the values that seem to pervade our world. Someone hits you, you hit them back. The best thing for you to do is to be at the top of the tree. Make sure you're famous. That's what success looks like. Can you, can you see how those values pervade, those kind of Aristotelian virtues can pervade? Of course it could, because our world is kind of run through with that kind of Greek thinking. But Paul, in contrast, it's such a revolution. He goes, no, it's about being loving and faithful and kind and generous. Like, and so the nine habits are our description of that. And we use them across every part of Oasis. So a way of, a way of life. They're Amazing. They're quite tricky. Yep. Yeah. And like <laughs> you said, an ongoing, <laughs> ongoing journey, isn't it? Yes. A transformation. It's not always easy to live by those no. things. But that's there as a kind of yeah. a goal, mm. isn't it? And that's why yeah. they're called habits, because you have to keep trying. Keep doing them. Keep practicing them. Yeah, for sure. Um, amazing. So just before we open it out to some questions from others, um, any, and this, this was my potential Bible verse question that I sent oh. you. So okay. it, it is if you had any like key pearls of wisdom, which could include Bible passages or stories or things that help you live differently. So anything that you're like, oh, I should have said that. Any kind of key pearls before we hand it out? Um, so that Isaiah thing I've told you about, that's massive for me. Um, there's a thing that Ram Dass said which gets used a lot, which is, uh, to me, is just a very beautiful statement. He just says, we're all just walking each other home. We're all just walking each other home. And there's something in that for me which is about, hey, we're all, we're all in this, so let's just relax and be nice to people. <laughs> like, like, we're all in this. And I'm here to help you, and I need you to help me. That's, that's the ride. 
there's a bit in, um, the, it's in the message translation, but I love this version of it. Uh, it's in Matthew 5. It's, it's around the Sermon of the Mount. And in the message translation, it talks about uh, we're light bringers. And our job is to bring out the God colors in the world. I, that, if, if that's all I wake up thinking about, that's like, yeah. That's, that's our job. And the maybe a thing that I'm really not good at this at the moment. In fact, the pandemic, because this is a moment of honesty with you. Before the pandemic, I was quite good at journaling. During the pandemic, been really bad at journaling. <laughs> but when I do write, I always begin it like this, and it's like my um, it's like my beginning to it to the day, and it, it's just uh, here I am, God, and you're here too. Here I am, God, and you're here too, and it just like it's like ah, oh, just let's do this together. Mm. I'm just here to join in with what's evolving, what's what's emerging. Breathe. Take another deep breath and spot the joy that there is around you in the people, the places, the things, the funny things. Um, yeah, so I've, there's loads of. I, I'm f I live my life not on complexity but on simplicity, so I've got loads of that stuff because I can't make sense with all the complex stuff. Well, you can, people can pick your brains afterwards if they want more yes. more of the pearls of wisdom of Jill Rowe. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I think then what we'll do now is probably just take a bit of a five-minute break. So if you need to kind of top up coffee and things. But first priority before the coffee is to just write down any questions that you have for Jill. Make them really hard and difficult for her. Um, and if you Please write them don't. down on a little piece of paper, and then in five minutes I will ask you to chuck your hand up and then I'll go around and collect them. So we'll just have sort of five minutes um, and then we'll come back after that and, uh, yeah, hear more from Joe. Jesus, when asked which of the commandments was greatest, picked two. Do the same for the nine habits. So you've got to pick two. Okay. Which are your favorites? <laughs> so I could give you a really smart answer on this because Jesus actually joined two. Mm. He because it was called stringing pearls. It was, a, it was a tool that rabbis used where they took what was familiar to people and then did a twist. And went, ah, you weren't thinking like that, were you? So then he'd add, so that, that's why that's such an unbelievable thing that he does. It's like, love God, love people, that's what it is. But for, let's make it like not me being smart. Um, Just pick two, Jill. Humble, <laughs> humble. Uh, because for me, uh, humble is about listening, and I think that's transformational. Uh, there's a lot of us not listening, uh, a lot of me not listening, um, and probably forgiving because of what I said earlier. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Bro, thank you. Um, another question, how can I help someone let go and not have bitterness in their heart? Um, I think I think the thing when we're walking along people who are in a in that journey of what is being forgiving like 
you 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 can't ish you can't tell people what they you know you can't tell people now you need to forgive i think like if i think of the moments for me where i've experienced pain or hurt from someone i've just needed someone to be there and go do you know i get that that sucks i get that that's hurt you take a breath go again like to me that's it what i know it can be my weakness to do is if i'm walking alongside someone and they start to tell me about their pain and their journey if i'm not careful i'll go yeah that was a really like what a horrible person they are and i'm not i'm i'm making it worse actually so all i would say is just walk alongside them and go that sucks that sucks that is awful take a breath go again and it takes time the journey of forgiveness the journey of being forgiving is a long one yeah and a constant one i think yeah. it's something you have to kind of keep redoing it can isn't it reappear yeah yeah Okay, so there's two questions here that I'm going to sort of put together because I feel like maybe they're sort of linked. So someone said, how do we be genuine, not trite, hope bringers to people who currently feel without hope? And then the other one is, you've set out a lot of ideals which no one could really disagree with, but the world isn't like that. So how do we get <coughs> from here to there? Did you see what I mean? Maybe that kind of sense, okay, yeah. what does that look like and how do we get there? Okay, it, it, it begins in the micro level. So all for, for both of those questions, I would say... What does it look like? It looks like you turning up. It looks like you making the call. It looks like you doing the first step. It's always the first thing that, otherwise these are just statements that you put on nice photos and they become things on walls as, you know, like it, we are the, we are the storyteller. We, we are the evidence that this is the way to be. How, how we speak to others, how we speak about others, all of these little things that we do are the way that brings real hope to people. That it's the, it's, it's the reality of our lives and the way that we function at every level of our lives that tells people that there is a different way to be and brings hope, I think. I, I, I often think about what do I want on my um, gravestone, on my little whatever. I know that's a weird thing to say. Um, and and it, it ha the reason I ask is I walked through a graveyard with the then group CEO of Oasis, Joy. Some of you have met Joy. And um, I just said to her, what do you want on your gravestone? Not that I was going <laughs> But what do you want on your gravestone? And um, she said, wow, that's a strange question to ask. And I just said, Joy, the only thing that I really want on mine is that um, Jill, she had time for people. And for me, that's how I try and be authentic and genuine with people. That I don't just say stuff, but I'm actually present with people. It's in the... It's in the real moments that it, that it becomes real. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. Okay, last question. Uh, where do you see Oasis in 24 years' time? <laughs> Hopefully I'll be on a Greek island. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, I'm not. Uh, I... So, two things. Firstly, I hope that it is... Um, as a as a messy movement, as a messy family, I hope there's loads of this going on. Like, I hope that we. I hope that there's a, such an alignment between what we say we are and what we actually are. People's experience, um, that that they're not just words we have on documents, but actually we are genuinely living and breathing and. Like, 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 I want that to be 110% true. Um, that uh, I don't want my job to have to exist. Um, and the second thing is that I hope, of course, I hope that we're we're doing loads of stuff and all the rest of it. But I, I kind of hope that people have seen the glimpses of what's good in what we do and have taken it and made it even better beyond us. Yeah. Like, just as we learn from everyone else, I hope that people take what they see w us doing and go, that's, that's good. And then they go, and I think we can do it even better. And I'm like, great. <laughs> like, so, so, so really, it's not about what we do. It's just, let's, let's make sure that the... Wouldn't it be amazing for the UK to, to just be a place where everyone felt included and everyone was treated equally and there were great relationships and there was incredible hope and everyone persevered. That's the kind of world I want to live in. Boom. Boom. <laughs> I think what a wonderful place to end. <laughs> You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.